sponsored by MyWebsiteFinder.net, where you can find reliable website hosting, email services, and affordable domain prices. A proudly woman-owned MyWebsiteFinder.net can cater to all your website needs, big or small. You can have a website up in less than an hour using sophisticated yet easy-to-use web tools like cPanel and WordPress. And for our Spanish-speaking friends, check out PaginaUS.com. Now let's get to the show. Hello, fellow empaths, stargazers, tree huggers, lovers of peace, Thank you for tuning in to this first ever episode of the Solfia podcast. My guest is Terrell Hazlitt, who is a friend of mine and is also a fascinating human that has so much knowledge from tarot cards to sound healing. We might have to do a few more shows with her, but for now, here's my interview with the fabulous Terrell. Thank you so much for this, for helping me with this experiment. <laughs> There's so many podcasts and, and things out there. And I was thinking like, what can I do that's different? And maybe it doesn't have to exactly be different from other podcasts like that, but it's just about getting kind of the message out and raising the vibrations of the world, you know, and yeah. so I figured like everybody has their own experiences. So no two stories are alike. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> and when, so I thought of, when I thought of someone, I thought of you. And then I have another friend who is going to <laughs> interview with me um, next week. Um, oh, cool. He's a filmmaker and he's he's been to Peru and he's done ayahuasca out there. And it's, you know... And hopefully it'll just be a stream of people that can share their experiences and you know, try to help the world because this is a <laughs> it's an interesting time. It, Don't know what's and there's going so on. many of us. There's so so many of us. And and there's so many of the people that are the big names. You know, you have your your Joe Dispenza, who is phenomenal. He's got so much information about how the brain works and how oh. we we interact with our our body and how it holds the trauma and then this gentleman who I literally just discovered Dawson Church who the forward is written by Joe Dispenza and it also talks about how your mind actually creates your reality and wow. it's just a nice little reminder or even a nugget for people who aren't familiar with these topics and that's the biggest thing is there's so many different topics and people don't know what to trust mm -hmm. so having normal people like us I mean I trust Joe Dispenza, but that's only because I know a lot of people that trust Joe Dispenza. But if they see people like us, who's just their normal friend talking about these interesting metaphysical, almost considered fringe woohoo magic kind of things and mm -hmm. explaining them in a normal context, it might help them trust it. And then maybe they would be open to the ideas of, I shape my reality. A large portion of what I think, feel, act, believe, believe, will shape what happens in my life and around my life. And that's not saying that bad things or good things happen because of what I'm thinking exactly, but I influence that. 
So it's, yeah, I think this is really exciting. I know. And um, what I wanted to ask is, when did you start your journey? Because you seem, even when I met you, and for those of you who are like, who are these people? <laughs> I met Terrell um, when we were working in a company in Dallas, and I won't mention the name of the company or anything, but we met in Dallas, um, working downtown um, in a company that's um, associated, that's a subsidiary of a, of one of the large like companies, you know, that that people often talk about and just two like normal people working in a place like that. And you wouldn't think that there were, there would be people in a place like that, that, um, you know, that meditate or read these kinds of books and things like that. But when did your journey begin? That's actually a great question. And when I reflect back on it, I remember when I was younger, my mom, and this really started when I was a kid. My mom never pushed religion down on us. She never said you had to believe this, this, or this. She grew up Lutheran and that was by choice. And so she allowed us to choose what we wanted to investigate, what we wanted to research for our belief system. And so we chose a, a belief system. And then I, I felt like there was something missing. So I just kept searching from there, but I didn't know I was searching. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I, I just felt like, there was more to what I was being told and seeing. So I started looking into other belief systems and I was seeing the interconnectedness between them. They didn't all have the entire answer for everything, but there were nuggets in each of those. So mm -hmm. I guess long story short, it would be when I was younger. However, I didn't become aware of what I was doing until my twenties. I just got a nugget. I started learning about um, tarot. My oldest deck is this guy right here, the medicine cards. Oh, this wow. The, it's based off of the Native Americans, the indigenous people of America, and what they believe about the animals and how yeah. they speak to us. And I had a dream of an eagle, an eagle the other night. Uh, it was two nights ago. My husband was like, oh, hello, fella, in my dream. And and, and it was an eagle and I had to look it up. I'm like, okay, what does this mean? Yeah. You know, like what kind of force is this? So that's what these cards. And this was in 1993, I think. I got them when I was still in Houston. So that was, I mean, that was a long time ago. That was 27 <laughs> years ago. So I was just a baby, um, but it's just grown since then. I think it's grown exponentially though, since 2012, 11. Yeah, definitely grew a lot since 2012 and 11. How did you learn how to to read the cards? Are you self-taught or did you have like a mentor or? No, I, for, for most of the cards that I have, I still refer to the book and then I also look at the images and then mm -hmm. I listen. When I say listen, it's more of like a, a feeling thoughts. I'll see what um, thoughts bubble into my mind um, for the for the reading itself and what it could be telling me. Some cards that I have that are fantastic about that are these James Wanless cards, the Voyager Tarot, absolutely amazing. The images that he puts on here, it really helps to evoke what 
could be going on in the situation. Like here we have the compassion card and it has, you know, flowers and it has hands and how we can touch each other and influence each other and just taking in all that is around us. And so you can infer from each of these little pictures. I don't know if you mm -hmm. can see it that far yes. away. Oh, that's you can, beautiful. You can, you can pull images and seeing this could evoke thoughts and feelings. And that can be for the person that you're reading for or for yourself if you're doing a self-reading. Mm. I just earlier this year started to get into that. So, you know, it makes me a little nervous, but I'm, you know, reading about it. And I actually bought, <laughs> it's a little embarrassing. I bought the, a, a deck when I was in Dallas in March at Half Price Books. It was just sitting mm. there and I was like, hmm. It was like a buck. <laughs> <laughs> and it came with a book oh, and everything, that's incredible. but, you know, not necessarily because I want to read the cards to people or whatever, but every, like you said, like every little nugget that you pick up, every little tool that you pick up to kind of receive these messages from the universe, you know, because everything is signs. Mm -hmm. And I think when you, when it, when it clicks and you start to what they call wake up is you start mm -hmm. seeing signs everywhere. And that can be in mm -hmm. cards, that can be in like in nature and and just having a walk down the street and, and right. things happen, you know, and, and normal people just walk by, but I like observe like, oh my gosh, you know, like if I see a, a strange looking bird or if I, you know, if I mm -hmm. see an interesting old person in the street. <laughs> right. What knowledge can they impart? What yeah. do they have to tell me about myself or the world? Or mm -hmm. there's so much out there. Even numerology. I remember mm -hmm. I would see patterns of numbers or I would count when I was a kid. I would always count up to 10. I would just repetitively count up to 10 when I would see the, the lights when we're driving down the freeway. It's like, woof, 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 woof. And so I would just keep counting them over <laughs> and over again. And for one reason, that number 10 was just really important to me. And number 10 has a significance in our world, according to those who follow numerology, if I remember mm. correctly, one, I think is a beginning, uh, zero. Mm. I'm a little fuzzy on the zero. I want to see it's like the wholeness, but I'm not exactly uh, 100% fluent on numerology, but it's, there, there's different meanings in each of the numbers. So if you start seeing repetitive numbers, definitely look it up, see if there's something out there that'll help you identify, whoa, I was thinking about X, Y, and Z, and this number is telling me I'm going down the right path, or it's saying, hey, you may want to consider your options before moving forward, just like the cards can do. Yeah. I did a reading this morning, and it it was so beautiful, and I think it's so appropriate for where we are in this world. It was all about balance, being a guardian over your mind and the information you're taking in and being mm -hmm. able to listen to all sides of a topic mm -hmm. and then seeing what really works for you personally and change. And all of these had the word balance in them when I was reading up on them. It's really finding that balance of information, self-care, information sharing and, and the back and forth and how you can take all of that and allow yourself to change or believe that it's possible to change if you want to. So that's what I took from it this morning, which was kind of helpful. That's the change card. Oh, well. I love this really cards. Cool. They're just so pretty. <laughs> They're so, so pretty. <laughs> well, and then you're talking about information and the messages, uh, where you find your information. And the information today is so polluted because 
there is so much information and people are so willing to just take sides without exploring right. like the other side of things, yeah. which may not be a side that you're, you'll say, oh, you know, it could change my mind. Your mind could never be changed, but you have to give yourself, you know, the opportunity the to opportunity. learn something because everybody's experience is different. Everybody's history is different and that's what shaped them, you know? So Absolutely. people are just so passionate about what they're passionate about. And I think that's like, for me, I lived such a different life before I came here to Ireland. And then actually before my dad died, it was just, you know, working for the cars and the house and, you know, all the fancy mm -hmm. things that you, you know, all the material things. And then like in a moment I lost all of that. And I was like almost homeless, <laughs> mm -hmm. but that was a blessing because I found out that I can survive. I don't need that crap. You know, exactly. that's not happiness. You're yeah. Yeah. It, that doesn't define your happiness. It isn't your happiness. You, you have that within yourself whatever those things are that make your, your heart sing. I, I do a little thing with myself where if I'm talking about change and making your heart sing, I, if I'm in a passionate thing uh, like dance, I'll mm -hmm. periodically ask myself, does dance still set my soul afire? And then if my chest lights up, it does. Like I get a zing. I literally from here at my heart all the way into oh. my mouth, it's like, yes. And so I do that with various things in my life. You know, should I, should I start dancing? And then boom, that's what I feel. So, and everybody has it in a different spot. Just because mine is right here, it doesn't mean you might not feel it somewhere else. Maybe you'll feel it in your gut, in your solar plexus. Maybe you'll feel it in your sacral. Maybe you'll feel it in your, your throat chakra. Yes, mm -hmm. speak your truth. Let everybody know your information. That's yours, right? So, um, which is so beautiful because it's helping people identify that there are different beliefs out there and there are different ways of thinking about the world. And our beliefs really, really shape how we perceive ourselves in this world as it is and everyone else. We're all shaped by beliefs. Mm -hmm. What do you think about organized religion? I, I think it has its purpose. I, I, I actually read something this morning and I, I, where was it? I think it was here. Was it here? For me personally, I don't follow an organized religion. Mm -hmm. I did. I used to. It, it helped me understand the fundamental rights, wrong. It also helped me understand that even though we may be preaching the right and the wrong, we're not going to always do right. And that we are going to do wrong. Mm -hmm. And I was able to see that at the very young age. I think I was 14 when I left the church. And I was like, I'm going to see what else is out there. <laughs> <laughs> I even looked into Mormonism. I was like, Hey, what's this all about? You know? And so there was a year of looking into that. And yeah. then I, I went here and now it's just, I don't even want to say it's spirituality. I just am. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, there's I no, just there's I, not a label on it. I think that's no. when we limit ourselves is when we put, when people ask, well, what are you? Even yeah, politically or anything. Of, yeah, exactly. There's like, too many perspectives. <laughs> yeah, like where is it uh, here? I mean, if you look at the the stone, see all those facets. There's all no. those facets in that stone right there. So, yeah. 
our reality is multifaceted. I am sure everybody's heard that so many times. Um, but if you look at one thing and I'm standing right here, I'm going to experience and see that from my perspective. If someone is five miles that way, they see it, hear it in a telescope, they're going to see something completely different probably mm -hmm. than what I'm experiencing right here, hearing it, feeling it, seeing it. They're just seeing it, not hearing it. There's just so many different perspectives and facets to our reality that I I couldn't be labeled by just one. I wanted yeah. to just learn and be a sponge. I yeah, take sometimes your beliefs in. change too. And you think, oh, maybe this is the path or this is the answer. And then you figure you have to be, I think, malleable as well, because mm -hmm. we don't know. We don't actually know what the truth is. We no, live in the matrix. We don't. Exactly. <laughs> so we don't know. Oh, have you watched that there. recently? Yes. It is like eye-opening watching it now versus 20 years ago. Oh, yeah, because 20 years ago, I was like, this movie is stupid. I don't know what it's, what's going right. on. Yeah, <laughs> now it's I'm so sci-fi. Like, oh, Jesus, that's it. Right. There's Everything. so many of these things that are really being talked about. Yeah, but I only watched, we only watched like maybe 30 or 45 minutes of it because after a while I was like, I can't, this is too painful. <laughs> this is, maybe this yeah, is what's it's going pretty, on. It's pretty intense. My husband actually asked me after the movie, because we watched one, two, and three over again a few weeks ago. And he's like, would you take the pill? And I'm like, yeah, I'd take the pill. I want to know what's on the other side. I want to, I want to push myself, even if it's painful. I, and he's like, I think I would stick with the blue pill. I was like, and I completely understand and respect that. I, I totally, I, I appreciate that you want to dip your toe into my red pill. Like he does, <laughs> he doesn't subscribe to everything that I follow. Yeah. He still considered himself a Christian. So um, I'm, I'm not a Christian. I mean, I believe that there is a God, but I'm not a Christian. Mm -hmm. I, Omni, Omni belief system, I think. I can't remember what yeah. they call it. There's always a term for something, right? Yeah. Everybody wants <laughs> to put a label, label. <laughs> on everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just, so, it's just, it's, it's I think hard. we're divided right now by red pill people and blue pill people and the blue pill that people. Is, and I try not to get like, wake up, you know, right. it's really difficult. I think you have to do is just say, okay, you're going to know on your own time. It's not my time exactly. but to, to plant little seeds in people yes, and say, <laughs> the seeds are so helpful because think of all the seeds that were planted for you exactly exactly you know? when I was young and I didn't I was like you people are crazy what are you talking about <laughs> yep I studied um evolutionary astrology for a minute and there there is a term and I'm trying to remember what it is I think it's consensus according to the writer Wolf, uh, Wolf uh, Brian Wolfgreen I believe is his name he indicated that Jeffrey Wolfgreen I have his book right here um, for evolution and astrology, he indicated that there's three different types of people. There's the consensus people, and those are the 70% of people who are, you know, I'm happy with the blue pill. It doesn't matter what your red pill is telling me. Um, I, I'm great with the status quo, and there's nothing wrong with that. That is, mm -hmm. I lived like that for a very long time. And then right above or right next to, I don't want to say it's above because that makes it sound like it's better, and it's not. Um, from the consensus, it goes into another group whose name is escaping me, but that's where I think we fall into. These are the people that are trying to um, identify what else is there outside of these 
you know, boxes that they want to put everybody in. What information can I pull? Does India have some information that I need to learn about? Is there information from traditional Chinese uh, medicine that I can pull into my, which it's amazing. If you've never tried Chinese traditional medicine, definitely do it because from acupuncture to meridian work to, I mean, it's just amazing. Um, so, you know, we fall into that group of people who's trying to figure out, and then you've got those gurus. Those people mm -hmm. who have somehow figured it out, you know, your Gandhis, your Buddhas, and they're just so enlightened that whatever it is that's going in in this 3D world, they're so far past yeah. that and so far past what we can even conceptualize. <laughs> like there is no angst. The angst doesn't exist. It's all within us. Yeah. So it was interesting seeing that. And and they're going to learn whatever they want to in their time, just like you said. Like, but you want to shake them and say, listen to me. I swear, this red pill has something good. I promise. Um, oh, there but was, we get comfy. Speaking of, there was there's a really great meditation center um, in Dallas by, I don't know if you remember, the, the downtown Dallas Aquarium. I remember seeing it as I was driving through. In a yeah, time. Yes. it's like right next to it. And it's just okay. little, this little gem of like the monk Aww. who is like the, the guy there, the leader, he is like fantastic. And every time, and he does some online, they do the online um, classes. Oh, so, wow. Definitely send me his information. Yeah. I never got to experience him the whole time we were going there. And I, or I was going there. I think I was flying in every week for six months. So yeah, that's right. Right at front, yeah, at the beginning. So, uh, yeah, if you want to send me his information, that would be awesome. I'd love yeah. to look him up. Well, and I was Meditation. thinking, like, mm -hmm. he is always smiling, and there is something about him that is just emanates just happiness. And uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just something about those people who have kind of who have reached that level of understanding in the world, and they're, they're so unbothered by, you know, everything. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how do I reach that? <laughs> yeah, there's a meme that's going around. I can't remember how the entire thing goes, but it's basically reminding us that we don't have to react to everything. We don't have to have an opinion about oh, yeah. everything because in having an opinion about everything, it goes back to your point of how divided we are. If we weren't trying to always prove our point, we'd be able to hear what the other person was actually trying to say or convey or feel mm -hmm. or express. Yeah, I feel like a, a lot of younger people, because of, you know, and I'm not saying tolerance is, is, is a bad thing, um, but I think because people are so afraid of discussing certain to topics and issues that are difficult to, to talk about, like race and, mm -hmm. and, and things like that, um, it's, it's kind of become like people have become shut because they're not exploring ideas yeah. or, or engaging in, in critical thinking. And really, um, I'm thinking about, thinking about the world, not only in their bubble, but thinking, okay, this person thinks like this, but, but what, why is it like the person may yeah. not be a bad person, yeah. you know, and people say, oh, well, this person is racist or this person is sexist. And instead of approaching it that way, you know, automatically putting a label on somebody. It's like, well, why do you think that way? Why do you think the yeah. way that you think, you know? Because Absolutely. being, living in the South, you, in my experience, um, you encounter people who are, 
who, who are racist. And when I was a kid, some of the older people in the neighborhood, because they had never seen people of color, you know, mm-hmm. when I first moved into that neighborhood, right? there was like a fear for them, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and it helps just to, you know, throughout the years, we were able to just like, those people became some of our closest friends, like family. Yeah. You know, and back yeah. then, I, I feel like at least you were able to confront the situation. But now it's it's more like people are just, they're, they're just closed-minded. <laughs> well, it's, I think it's more difficult these days. Back then, we didn't have the, the computer screen oh, or yeah. phones or we weren't all like, so we, we were in our, we're in our bubble these days where we're not having these conversations. Um, what is his name? Emmanuel Lewis? I, no, Emmanuel Oh, he's a football player. I'm not a football person, excuse me, but he he does these fantastic, uncomfortable conversations with a black man on YouTube. And oh, I really? absolutely love his series. And it came out after the horrific, uh, when, when, when George Floyd after that. Um, but he he's just bringing up these beautiful conversations. Uh, the one I watched yesterday was about white guilt. And he's like, don't feel guilty about, you know, being white, do something with that privilege of being in a position where you're not looked at the way that so many people on this globe are looked at. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was a kid, there was this family that moved in down the road and they were from the Bahamas. No, the Dominican Republic. I think that's what it was. And she was this beautiful, very chocolate, light mixed (laughs) brown, like just beautiful chocolate. Oh my goodness. My phone alarm's going off from earlier. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is for the original time. I'm so sorry. You'll have to cut this out. We will return to your scheduled programming shortly, or we are currently experiencing technical problems. So, so yes, the neighbor down the road, I think we were like 10, 11, 12. And we, we were familiar with people who were Hispanic because we grew up in Texas. Like most of my friends yeah. were Mexican. And the neighborhood we grew up in, it was a mix of your lower middle class to poorer you know we weren't we did not have money it was a single mom in my family so Mm -hmm. you know what that means it's a little bit tighter budget and so um but we had never met I think at that point we'd only met one other black family and so it was so awesome to like meet her and her family and they would tell us about the islands and they would tell us about the forest and they would tell us about the nature and their foods Mm -hmm. and they would share their food with us and and it was just, she, she ended up being my sister's best friend. Like we, we seeked out the people that, yeah. <laughs> that were different. Cause we were so, we were kind of vagabonds. Me and my, my mom called us gypsies. So we just seemed to always be attracted to everybody when we were kids. Um, but that's yeah, a good thing. I'm glad when we you're a kid, yeah. When you're a kid, you don't have that you know, that education yet where, oh, right. you know, you're not like dated. no influences that you're just like, ah, people, ah, fun. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. But then to your point of, you know, some of the older generation, sadly, they did grow up in an era where there were horrific things said about people um, of color. And, you know, I know people today who are older than 60 and they use words that I would never use. Yeah. I, 
no. <laughs> so I, I pray for a day. I pray for a day where I can see a black person and appreciate every beautiful thing about that black person. I can see, um, and I'm, when I say I, I'm speaking as globally, mm -hmm. um, the world I. Um, I can see a, a, a Mexican person and, you know, understand their culture and what they bring to the table. Because that was one of the things that came out of Black Lives Matter for me. What I used to say, I don't see color. Because honestly, I, I really didn't because we knew so many different people of different races because mm -hmm. of how we grew up. But by saying that, I was reminded by Emmanuel and so many other speakers the past six months that seeing that it takes away everything about their culture. It takes away everything about their history, everything that makes them unique and that they bring to the table. Their entire culture is just broken down to, I don't see a color. And I was like, oh gosh, I had no idea that's how that was, you know, perceived. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to identify now all the beauty that is in everyone that I get to experience. So let's talk a little bit about the situation that we've been in since early this year. Yeah. How has it been for you? Because you're such an open person and, and, um, and, you, and you do the dancing and you do all that stuff. How has that affected you in your personal life? We, I was already working from home. So for me, I had an easier transition than many people. I only went into the office maybe two or, you know, one or two times a month. Um, going out and being around my friends has been one of the biggest challenges because we can't be around people like we were. We can't just oh, I'm going to the store and, you know, not have a mask on. Mm -hmm. um, the closing off from me to other people is the part that I think that has been the biggest challenge. And then seeing people suffer. I just, I don't want anyone to suffer. And there's been so many people who have gone through so much loss that I cannot even imagine. I feel like I've had it so easy this year compared to some other people. And I'm just so grateful and appreciative. And I want to stress the word appreciative because I got to thinking about it last night. You know, I could say I'm grateful till I'm blue in the face, but I think appreciation is one of the things that we should really try to hone in on. What is it that makes your heart sing? What is it that you're so appreciative for that your heart just like beats out of your chest, you know? And this year has definitely done that for me. I mean, other years have too, don't get me wrong, but this year has just been yeah. so unique. And I've been on this planet for 47.5 years. I know. I mean, even, <laughs> even, I think even 9-11. So 9-11 oh. was such a wake up call and it was such, you know, it brought everybody together and, and things changed after 9-11. But this, this affects this us. It, it is, it's not the same. It's like, yeah. again, um, kind of like what, what you were saying is for people like, and I'm not saying we're better than everybody else, but we're more sensitive. I think you and I are very sensitive. We're empaths. We're very sensitive to what goes on in the world. And working from home, I guess, helps <laughs> not being out there, you know, but it really does. But it, it has like, for me personally, it has made me afraid to go out because I live in the city center and there's oh, protests so and there's people are so angry. And I think the masks has, has made everybody 
it's changed us somehow. Something inside mm-hmm. us has like clicked something in people because you can't see your face, you know, right. You can't yeah. see your, your face. And I've had people mention that, um, when the restaurants were open, mm-hmm. a waitress came over and said to us, she was wearing a mask. She's like, thank you for the tip. I'm smiling and I'm sorry. You can't see my smile. And I was like, oh. wow, that's just heartbreaking. <laughs> I know. I've I've heard that from somebody. I've only been to three or four restaurants in person, but one of the waitresses actually said that. She's like, look at my eyes. You can see I'm smiling. I'm smiling. Because yeah. hers like mine, they squint. And I was like, we're with you. We're smiling too, you know. <laughs> and and that has taken something. I I think, you know, I hope this doesn't go on for too much longer because I think it's gonna it's gonna change us somehow and it's not gonna be, I mean, I'm not. I don't want to get political and masks or no, no masks. Right. Like from my perspective, that's, I feel like something's going to change in us because we're covering our faces. Yeah. And we're also living in a fight or flight mode this Mm -hmm. entire year The I believe it's the amygdala, the lizard brain, sort of little stem, I think in the back and our adrenals have just been on fight or flight all year. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that we had food scarcity, we had toilet paper scarcity, we had medicine scarcity. Yeah, It was insane. Like this is something that most of us, our age, we've never had to deal with it to this level where it was global. Yeah. I mean, we may have dealt with it at our, at our family lives. You know, we lived in a tent when I was a kid, we had scarcity. We were used to having scarcity. We were used to not having AC in the house. I mean, it was just, that was our reality when we were kids sometimes, but you grow up and you get past all of that. And you're like, wow, I've got a home. I've got AC. I'm so comfy. And then boom, 2020 March 13 or 17 happens Mm -hmm. and then everything shut down and your entire reality is unknown more so than it already was it was like that slap in the face saying you really aren't in control of anything yeah (laughs) but at least like I think that also the, the on the flip side of that I think people it might be the blessing in this is that people are starting to understand what's important in life and what's not important in life. Yeah. They're starting to take care of, maybe they're starting to take care of themselves and be, become more healthy, um, meditating and, and just doing things, spending time with their children for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. My mother-in-law was, we were just talking about that this morning. She said, I'm so happy to see everyone taking care of their homes and gardening and, and planting plants and helping mother nature and, you know, connecting with their families and their loved ones in ways that maybe they haven't before because they're realizing, oh my gosh, I could have lost them through all of this, or they could have lost me. Mm-hmm. So there are so many beautiful things that came out of this year. I, I am again, heartfelt feelings go out to anyone that was negatively impacted. But for those of us who've been able to get through this relatively unscathed I and I say that in the meaning of I get to work from home I thank you I don't have any small children my son is grown my sister-in-law didn't have that um, experience she had an eight-year-old who had to be homeschooled you know and and her (laughs) husband has his own company and she still had to work a full-time job and and be able to balance being mom teacher And so many parents were having to do that this year. And the teachers, I know a lot of teachers that were just scared 
for the families and didn't know what to do. And I'm so grateful that they're such awesome souls. They try to always bring in the light and love and, you know, bring in the happiness and show the kids that, yeah, it might be a little scary right now, but everything's really, it's going to be okay. Like it's always something always positive comes out of some horrific. Acts. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout history, like war has, you know, wars have, taught us the the meaning and the value of life and like everything negative has to have a positive or else Jesus what are we going to (laughs) do right it's the yin and yang of reality for every that dualistic nature you know for every pro there's a con for every opinion someone has there's an opposite weighing opinion and experience and both can be right if you think about it from a Pavlovian not Pavlov um Schrodinger from Schrodinger, uh, I can't think of his first name, but he did the Schrodinger cat experience and the cat went into the box and the cat was both dead and alive per the scientific experience. Uh Um, That's how we are with this. We're both dead and alive with this year. We're in control and we're not in control. We're in control of ourselves and our reactions, but we're really not in control of anything else out there. So we're both in control and out of control. So I've been thinking about Schrodinger a lot this year. (laughs) I guess then it's... It's focusing on what you are in control of and what you are in control of is your, are your feelings and, um, you know, pretty much the situation around you in your home and and what you, you know, if you, if you're feeling stressed out, you can meditate or read a book or like take a nice warm bath. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is that helps you relax. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine, she's like, if I get stressed out, I go on my patio and I listen to the water. Another friend says, I need to just go ride my bike for five to 10 miles and I feel great. So giving ourselves that time for self-care is so important. And I think that was one of the big lessons that came out for everybody this year was spending time for yourself. This is my little sanctuary. This is where I get to sit every morning for, you know, upwards of two hours before I log into work and I'm doing my readings and I'm meditating and I'm just trying to identify whatever it is that I need to know for that day. And it's, it's my little moment. I, it's so crucial for everyone. So besides your seeing your friends, what, what is the one thing that you kind of miss the most? Mm, Outside of seeing my friends, I guess the, the freedom of not having to wear a mask, but that seems so trite in saying it because it's so important to have a mask on. We went out today and, and we went to the market. We needed to get some fresh honey. Um, love using it for allergies. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You get local fresh honey and some fruits. And it's, it's honestly not being able to see people's faces is a bummer I I like being able to see the smiles you know if I'm in my car I noticed I did it on the way home and anytime I saw somebody I was like hi hi (laughs) every chance I got a chance to to wave at somebody and smile without a mask on I was like hi yeah I'm in my car though no one you know they're not in my car so um outside of that I I I don't have anything else for me personally it's more for other people that I'm I'm hopeful that things change that things get a little bit easier and that money starts flowing more in our economy um, for, for everyone because there's so many people who've been impacted by this. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, really hopeful that people aren't having to worry about the education and, and 
the kids and that everything that's going on. So I'm hopeful for 2021 and the rest of the months that we have in 2020. <laughs> I'm really, really, really hopeful. I'll do so, everything I can to send out positive vibes. <laughs> so you you are in the States. I am in Europe. How is this? What's the situation over there? Because I mean, I, we, I try not to watch the news that much because it's so toxic. Yeah. But um, what what is the situation right now over there? Are businesses starting it's, to open? Well, Governor, uh, Governor DeSantis for Florida, he did lift all of the bans, I think earlier this week or late last week, but he also indicated that each of the states, if they're in higher risk areas like South Florida, Miami-Dade County, they have over 300,000 cases, I think just in their area alone is what I think I saw pop up on my phone this morning. Um, they just keep getting impacted so heavily. So they're on more of a lockdown than we are here in Tampa. Um, across the states, I think the majority of people are just trying to be cautious. Um, I do see a lot of people out there on the flip side, um, you know, for every, you know, there's always an opposite. Mm -hmm. So you've got the people who are staying home as much as they can, wearing their masks, and then you've got the other side of it where they don't believe in the mask, they don't believe the virus is real, they're not wearing their masks, they're getting cards that exempt them from wearing a mask, and they refuse to wear them at all. So I'll have my mask on and we're good. Um, I don't think it's me being a sheep, it's me trying to protect those that I love or anyone else around me because if I'm asymptomatic, I don't want to be the cause for someone to die, get sick, be injured, have to pay money because I was not covering my face if I was carrying it. So um, yeah, it's very divided here. Very, very divided. Yeah, I, I feel like it's divided everywhere in America. Well, and then certainly here too as well. It's just, is it? it's pretty divided, but because there is not much, the freedom of the press doesn't really exist here. You have government oh, okay. because you have kind of uh, the government, you know, kind of publications and, and we only have one news station here. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, if you want to watch something else, you have to go to Sky News or BBC News, and it's pretty much all the same. I mean, it's just, oh, wow. it's, you know, sometimes I have to use a VPN because if I want to read news from, you know, from the States, it's blocked. Yeah. It gets geo-blocked. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I have to use a VPN if I want to look at news outside of, of Europe. Are you seeing news that differs from the news that you guys are getting in, in Europe from here or other countries? Well, it's, the, the situation here is different because okay. you see here in Ireland, there are, you know, the cases are rising, but the deaths are pretty much at like zero. I think there were only oh, that's like, fantastic. I think there were only five deaths in September. And I say only, I don't mean like, oh, only five people died. But, you know, percentage wise, that's, you know, people are getting it or they're testing positive right. yeah. and most people don't know, you know, they don't know they have it, but the, the death rates have, haven't really moved up, but see that we're still in a, in a lockdown pretty much. We're like at a level, wow. what's called a level three. And so they shut down all the restaurants again. Okay. The pubs haven't opened since March. So those, Yeah. 
(laughs) it's crazy because i mean there's a pub on every corner and those have been shut since march so what are people doing for work out there if the pubs are all closed they get government you know they get a little bit of money gotcha okay you know and we have a little bit of that here as well okay but who knows what's going to happen because you know that money runs out right as well they can't keep giving people money if there's you know but I mean we don't know it's very it's very uncertain that um the tourism industry is dead as well because uh you know a lot of Americans especially came here and the summer was just you know it was just terrible and we were supposed to be there we were supposed to be there at the beginning of June. Oh. Uh, we were going to go out for Chris's 50th birthday and I was going to oh. catch up with you. And um, we were going to go to Ireland and Dublin. I mean, sorry, Dublin. And um, I can't think of all the places we were going to go, but the cove, I mean, it's just all these, we yeah. had this whole map around the island. Oh. And I'm, I'm, I'm bummed that we weren't able to just because that's an experience that we all wanted to have together. But um, hopefully we're going to be able to go out next year if things settle. Um, really hopeful that things turn around. I've never experienced a time when so many people are unsure about their their welfare, their employment, mm-hmm. and the government's having to help so many people. I didn't realize that you guys were still going through that and at that level over there as well. Yeah, we had them. The restaurants uh, and the pubs that served food were allowed to open, mm-hmm. um, but if you're if you're on you know just a pub serving drinks they haven't been able to open. So we had that for about a month and then they shut everything down again, oh just because cases went up. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's really sad. It's really sad just because I don't know. It just, the, the streets are so empty. It's weird. And I'm sure it's kind of eerie when you go out and you're used to the streets being full. That was like seeing a picture of Manhattan and nobody out there, no taxis, no cars, yeah. no people, no police, no one. It was like, it was like a scene from a movie, you know, like you're looking yeah. at this going, this is surreal. I can't believe this is happening right now. I think there were times where I kind of pinched myself or asked my husband, like, can you pinch me? Because I just can't believe what's going on this year. There were times when I felt that way. Acceptance obviously kicked in, but it did take a few minutes for me to be like, wait, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) I know in in Paris, they say like, they actually miss the tourists because it's just like the the city is dead. There's no life, you know? I mean, there are locals and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's such a tourist hotspot, you know, Mm -hmm. but now it's, Gosh, I, I would love to go back again. I hope I can oh, go Oh, me back. too. Absolutely incredible. I've been there twice and the people, the food, the atmosphere, the water, yeah. the, we stayed on the really close to Notre Dame. So we were like right around the corner from the scene, I think it is. I don't know yeah. if I'm saying it right. It's the end. It's right there next to Notre Dame. And this is before the fire. So oh, wow. I can't even imagine what, you know, like Notre Dame looks like now after the fire and what they were able to rebuild and save. and um. I just, there, there are thoughts that if enough of us think and send out the vibration of love, hope, safety, you know, prosperity, that each of those has a vibration, each of those Mm -hmm. are carried out. So if enough of us are thinking about that and pushing it out there, that hopefully something will shift and, and hopefully 
hopefully this virus will go away and not impact um, our globe as it has and our economies as it has and our, our people's sanity the way it has. It's definitely impacted um, my, I know family members and, and friends, they've, they felt so cut off from other people that it was causing more anxiety for them. So yeah. they are out of that though, they are trying to find different ways of dealing with the anxiety, which maybe they hadn't done before. So that was a beautiful thing to see. So you may have people do, getting into meditation more, like you were talking about earlier, or finding different ways to bring themselves out of that. But there are so many people out there who don't have access to the different ideas that can help them get out of that depressive state or anxious state. This year has definitely triggered that a lot. And that's so important is, is taking care of your mental health. And also what I don't hear a lot from the, and you'll never hear it from the medical field. I used to work in a pharmacy, so I know how it goes, you know, but just the education of learning how to take care of your, your body, as far as like, eating better, what to eat, um, trying new things that, you know, I'm, I'm getting into like herbs and things like that and teas and, and mm -hmm. just these are things people think, oh gosh, you know, what a hippie, <laughs> but I love it. I've, you know, I can 100% say that these things work because I've experimented them on myself and mm -hmm. I know that they work when absolutely, um, I think maybe it was like five years ago when I started doing paleo mm -hmm. and the difference that it made in my life. I mean, the first, the first year after that, like I didn't get sick for, I don't think I haven't, I have gotten sick, like really sick since I started doing, since I started eating better, you know? Mm -hmm. You're fueling your body with things yeah. that it wants instead of things that's causing it to be out of synchronicity within itself. And they, some people say that dis-ease, disease, mm -hmm. is caused by the body being out of vibration. Mm -hmm. So say, say you're, you're deficient in an area like my gallbladder. Back in 2007, 2009, before those years, I had been eating like fast food multiple times a week. I would never eat vegetables. Sometimes I'd forget to eat vegetables. My mental health was a mess. I was anxious and depressive. Um, my gut was completely demolished. Gut flora was gone because I was always on antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And it was just like that spiral. Like I was on that hamster wheel of, I can't get better. Oh, let me take this. I can't get better. And, and it wasn't until I got really sick. And then I ended up in the hospital for four or five days because I kept getting sick and I was having vertigo really bad I went to an acupuncturist after I got out of the hospital and he's like you have leaky gut your gut bacteria is mm -hmm. just gone you're you're yeah. a mess right now have you been on antibiotics and I'm like oh, oh yeah Cipro they always give me Cipro and he's like don't just don't <laughs> my, my emotional status was a total just I don't even want to say a dumpster fire I my perception of myself the world around me, my beliefs. I was so, I had to have a reaction to everything. I had to have an opinion about everything. Um, it was just so, it feels heavy just even talking about it. But from that moment forward, I would say that that was one of the best things that, that ever happened to me. Ending up in that hospital, yeah. not knowing why I was so sick. And then finally being able to get to somebody who had a different perspective of why 
these things were happening and then me taking ownership of it saying, oh, well, you're right. I have been eating crap for many, 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 many years. Um, okay, what can I do to fix it? And so I worked with him and I took ownership of my health. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we can do for ourselves. And this isn't saying that people don't, not everybody takes ownership of their health, but in a lot of times when we're in these moments of despair, it's easy not to want to identify what part we played in mm -hmm. that experience. And our experiences don't always happen to us. They happen because we have something that we may have done to get us to this point. I made a decision to eat this. I got sick. I made a decision to continue eating dairy, mm -hmm. even knowing that it would cause me issues. Yeah. <laughs> and I got sick. So that was one of the best things that ever could have happened, getting that sick and not knowing what it was because I was able to shake myself out of it. And, and it, he, he was not a very nice doctor. I mean, he was a nice doctor, but he was very blunt. You know, he, mm -hmm. I needed that mirror. Does that make sense about the yeah, mirror? Yeah, like yeah. we can have that experience. And, and he helped me see, I was responsible for many of things, if not all that was going on in my, my life at that moment. So going back to your original question, when I started, it's probably when I started working with him, really, for where I am right now, it's working with him. He's since passed away. Awesome dude. Aww. Fantastic acupuncturist. Wonderful gentleman. But because of him, it got me on this path of being able to identify, hey, I think herbalists or, you know, people who can create various tinctures out of herbs. I think they're incredible. Mushrooms yeah. have so many things that can help us in our body from regulating our home hormones to psychedelics so people can have beautiful experiences and mm -hmm. see transcendental whatever. There's just so much that we're told not to do that helps us clear our minds and free ourselves and learn about ourselves in the process. Yeah, and, yeah, and self-acceptance. From, from an early age you know the the medical field is how do i like how do i just get rid of the pain but the pain is right. telling you something it's telling you something that's in your body that you need to change you know There's a root cause yeah and and what and the doctors they just give you pain medication i mean think about the opioid crisis back in the 90s and the early mm. 2000s it's like that should have been a wake up call for a lot of people saying, yeah. what is, what are these? I actually dated a, a doctor a couple of years ago and he was a, he was a prominent doctor in, in the Boston area and he had to leave. He had to leave. And he, he had that moment where he was, he transitioned and he, he was thinking about how do I become a healer instead mm -hmm. of just a doctor who prescribes medicine to people. Like you're oh, saying, so if you beautiful. have, you know, they give you antibiotics for everything <laughs> and that destroys, yeah. Yeah. you know, the, the bacteria in your body that are trying to help you get better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my mother-in-law was literally just talking about the bacteria this morning. She said, I wish, and I'm trying to quote her, I wish we would get better at identifying what all of the various bacteria do, do for us yes. from the one on our skin mm -hmm. to our faces, to our stomachs, to our hearts. Like there's bacteria everywhere on our body. And right now think about it. We all have to use hand sanitizer. 
we all have to end up cleaning our houses. So, you know, all that, all that bacteria is gone. We're yeah. losing it. <laughs> exactly. And I think that like education is key too, as well. Like teaching kids from an early age, like about your body and how it works. And mm-hmm. I guess you, you take biology or whatever. People don't pay attention mm-hmm. because they can't really no. relate to it, even though it's about our bodies. <laughs> yeah. It's like, for some reason we can't relate to it. It has to, I think it has to be taught in a way that is more relatable, I guess. I don't, I don't know what the answers are. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. Conceptualizing something that you've never experienced or being able to see something that's completely outside of yourself, but really is you it's, it's challenging. I was in anatomy and physiology when I first went to college, because I thought I wanted to be a respiratory therapist. And, uh, I, I took AMP and we're dissecting this cat. And it, it was, it was already, you know, they already had it to kitty morgue and, and all of that. And so they, they were donated. Um, but it, I never really thought about like all those muscles are in my body, mm-hmm. everything I'm learning on this kitty cat. I honestly never really thought about it. I was just like, yeah. okay, it's a cat. I'm learning the muscles. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to pass the class. Cool. I'm done next. Yeah. I mean, that was basically what happened. Um, but then I think back on that, I'm like, wow all those muscles that make our trapezius move and all those muscles that make our legs move and be able to articulate in our faces. You know, now I think back on it and I'm like, it's so fascinating getting to see how all of it works. And when you're in pain, physical pain, I've, I've felt it for myself. My husband's going through it now. Like a lot of the physical pain that we feel, it is actually originating from emotions. We have our, our emotions get stuck in our bodies. There's so many books. I have them all over my room um, that I want to dive into about trauma and emotions and how they get stuck in various places. So I had been dealing with neck pain since I was in my 20s. I was always dealing with neck pain. And it wasn't until the last year that I was working with a rehabilitation nurse here locally that I was finally able to start digging into that. And then I also started working with somebody on the emotional aspect and I was able to start purging those stuck emotions, identifying Mm -hmm. what they are. Some of them just pass naturally on their own using box flowers, flower essences. Um, Mm -hmm. Really, if you're familiar with them, there there's so many different types of uh, flowers and that have the various oils and that essence, that vibration it relates oh. to a specific thought, feeling, or emotion. So there's wow. one that I, I was identified as needing, and it helps to unblock those stuck emotions. And then there was another one. I don't remember the names of them. She told me she's so good, <laughs> um, but I don't remember it right now. And she, she, she put it into my formula, and it just allows me to get to that point of releasing them so tears would start falling, but not to the point that I would be broken. So it's amazing how these things work. And, and I've been able to, I mean, my neck is just so much better. My feet, they were bothering me so much better. So there's all these places in our bodies that emotions get stuck. Um, and that's also where traditional Chinese medicine also comes in because they, they track the meridians from your feet to your head. There's various pathways. Think of, um, land, uh, what is it? Ley lines for the globe. It's those energy mm-hmm. lines mm-hmm. that go oh, around yeah, the globe yeah. all mm-hmm. around well, our body basically, and this is the boiled down or watered down version. I'm guessing, um, the meridians to me are kind of like that. So you have one that goes from your foot all the way up your leg, up your back, all the way up. And oh. then it ends like right around here. And I yeah. think that's your kidney. 
And then you have one on your bladder, which goes up the inside of your leg, in your groin, up the front of your body, and that's your bladder. And, and there's various emotions that are related to each of those. And then they can get stuck and cause pain in different parts of your body. So yeah. fascinating. There's just so much to learn. I, I'm just so, Eastern, I'm a, I love it all. Eastern medicine is so fascinating and so diverse and so like, I don't know, it's, it's so beautiful and it's, it's, it just, it makes sense, you know? It really does. I, I and think. you can pair it with so many other um, beliefs and or modalities out there. You mm-hmm. know, breath work is another great way of getting some of those stressors out. I there's a gentleman here locally I was able to work with on breath work, and it helps to also re- release those stuck emotions. And I couldn't believe how much I was crying. I have no idea what I was crying because about. Because people don't know how to breathe, you know? They don't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was breathing down to my feet. Like if my feet had a mouth, I swear they were breathing. Like it was just so amazing. Um, but the tears were just falling and I had no idea what I was crying about, but whatever it was, when I left there, I felt amazing. And, and I felt even better the next day. It's just, but these are things that most people don't know about. <laughs> most people yeah. are like, what, you just sat in a room and breathed? <laughs> <laughs> there was a thing uh, yesterday we had for Mental Health Awareness Week, um, the place that I work at, they had these little like seminars and stuff. And there mm-hmm. was a yogi on there. She was, she was a lawyer and then she went to India for a year. And she was like, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. So she became a yoga teacher. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> she was talking about this type of yoga where you just lie down and just. Nidra. Yes. Yes. Yoga Nidra. I mm-hmm. love yoga. Oh my gosh. It is the most relaxing ever. Cause so you like, literally just drift off. Yeah. You do. You do. You could probably um, find something on YouTube or Spotify that'll just have someone talking you through it. And they just talk you through the first couple and maybe make some sounds. And then you just fall asleep for 45 minutes. It's oh, amazing. that's my kind of yoga. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely do that. And my husband comes in, he's like, what are you doing? I'm doing yoga. I'm doing yoga. Don't, yeah, don't bother me alone. for 40 minutes. I'm in his avasana. <laughs> this is helping me. Yeah, yoga nidra is amazing. We went to an ashram here in Florida um, and we did, I think it's called Shiva, 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 and it's where you donate your time. So mm-hmm. I went there for two and a half days and I helped garden and do yard work and cook and clean and, and they give you free lodging and you're able to go through some of the classes and we got wow. to do yoga nidra. Amazing. It was so much fun. So much wow. fun. Oh yeah. I need to do some yoga nidra. Thank you for reminding me of that one. <laughs> well, I need to start doing that. So that's, and you know, again, it's all about the signs, you know, that mm-hmm. these little messages that come through, it's like, oh, these people that come into your life and maybe you don't ever see them again, but they just right. drop a little thing for you. And then you're like, oh, yoga nidra. I need to, you know, what is that? Yeah, you know, exactly. these are little things that you start building, you know, something and just, I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody has something I, I've, I read recently and it's nothing new. I had heard it years ago. We're both a teacher and a student. Mm-hmm. So I can go and be in a session with somebody doing theta healing. And I'm, I'm not necessarily a teacher for them, but I guess in that moment they feel like I am, but then their healing and what they're going through, they're the teacher for me because they're 
they're moving through something that more than likely I'm also dealing with myself and in seeing how they're dealing with it and how they're releasing that pain or trauma, it could tap into something for me. So in that moment, I'm a student and I get to watch in awe, you know, as they transform their life because of their desire to, you know, change that belief system and release that pain. We hold on to pain. We, uh, some people, most of us, or at least I used to, and I probably do in some ways, just hold on to and own that pain. It's mine. You know, my shoulder ache, my neck ache, my, 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 my. No, it's, it's a shoulder ache. It's a pain. And we decide, I'm just going to let it go. So one of the girls I got to work with, that's, she was my teacher in that. I was like, yes. I'm a student. I got to learn. Yeah. It's not my pain. <laughs> and it's, it's good to learn not, not to hold on to the pain and the stress and the worry, because yeah. I, I have talked to people who are in the medical field that say, you know, a lot of cancers and a lot of ailments are, you know, a lot of, of disease, like back for what you were saying mm-hmm. is the result of stress is a result of you know, traumas and things like that, because your body is, you know, your body is, is, I don't, I don't know how to say this, maybe poisoning it, poisoning itself, or, you know, it's just, it's a reaction. There's always a reaction and in, in to, there's always a chemical reaction in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I think he actually talks about it here. He opens his book. Oh, I mean, it's the Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. He opens the book talking about a woman who, highly productive woman, she was the top of her field, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden she got sick, and then she got sick again, and then she got sick again, and all these things were happening in her life as she continued to get sick. I think she went through a divorce, someone may have passed away, something with her job happened, she lost her job because she was getting so sick, then she was unemployed, and then she was in a wheelchair. Literally, that was the progression from one year. She was super successful, boom, in a wheelchair. And then she saw one of his shows. And from that moment forward, she was like, I have to read his books. And so she started reading his books and she was like, wow, okay. The way he thinks about perception and the body and emotion and, and how it impacts my chemical reactions in my body. I'm going to follow this. I'm going to see if it works. So she started doing his meditations exactly how he had it written out in whichever book that was and she started slowly over time it didn't happen in days it didn't happen in months but she continued doing this for months and months and months and as that practice of hers became more and more solidified in her her life Mm -hmm. it became more solidified in her genes and the next thing you know she went from okay I can walk with a cane okay I can walk with a you know, a walker than a cane and then oh I just need a little bit of assisted walking oh my gosh I'm walking on my own oh my gosh, I had a dream a year ago, I'd be standing here talking to a crowd of people and telling them this beautiful work that you do. And oh my gosh, I'm doing that right now. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, that's the way it was all written out. And it was just amazing, because all she had to do was believe yeah. that a change was possible. If we believe a change is possible, we can then start making the steps to make it a reality. Interesting. I mean, beautiful work, absolutely beautiful work. Yeah, no, I totally believe that. Uh- I think therefore I am. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it really can, is. And, it, and your body listens to you because everything in your body yeah. is a living thing. You have living things in that make up your body and they yeah. listen every time you put out a thought, you know, th- there's a vibration connected to that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I totally believe, believe yeah. that. 
it's incredible work. I, I got certified on how to do the crystal bowls and the oh, woman, Javita, <laughs> she, she uses them to actually hope to heal people. She, I mean, she works with their doctors, their doctors, you know, they may be, they may have cancer, they may have liver disease, they may have, you know, whatever it is. And so she's a supplement to what the doctor is doing to try and help. And so each of the crystal bowls resonates with a different organ, a different yeah um chakra system mm -hmm. and so she's she uses the vibration of the bowls to help balance the body help balance out that disturbance that distortion in our body so it's it's beautiful work i haven't used it for that myself i've used it just for meditation yeah. um but she's doing amazing work with the crystal bowls and there's so many other practitioners that are doing things with sound and vibration to help Oh, it's so wonderful. I love, I've gone to a few sessions with the sound, the sound baths and it's just, mm -hmm. and then I have my bowls and I love, like I did it earlier. Mm -hmm. I was doing it earlier and the sun was just shining through the window. So I was just, I had the sun on my face and I was just, you know, doing this, making the bowl thing. Yeah. It just felt, it felt so great. And then my husband came back from the shop Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was high. He's like, are you taking drugs? Because <laughs> I had this weird hilarious. look on my face because I felt, I felt like I was high, but you know, it's a yeah. natural, beautiful kind of high. You're kind of floating afterwards. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's so amazing. I wish more people would do that. <laughs> Absolutely. I, that is one thing I really miss. And that goes along with what I always said about seeing people. Cause we would have once a quarter or was it once a month or once a quarter? I'm having a brain cramp now. We would have these sessions at my house and there were probably 10 to 12 of us that would come. And we would sometimes do a crystal bowl meditation. We would do resonance repatterning, which is a fantastic set of work where if there's five people that end up coming to a gathering, mm -hmm. there's something that those five people collectively have in common. And those five wow. people may have certain things that they may want to just kind of sweep out of their, 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 their energy field. Mm -hmm. And so this work is so fascinating, resonance repatterning. It will identify the items that are the highest good for clearing for that entire group of people. And so to have 10 to 12 people, mostly women, a couple of men, um, come together in that moment and just feeling the energy and how palpable it was. Like my hands are just vibrating, thinking about it. Yeah. I really miss being able to do that because even in the Bible, I think it says something like, um, when we gather and, and how it like raises out or it, it causes like has a ripple effect or something. So I apologize to all of my Christian friends for not saying the right thing. <laughs> I apologize. It's been 30 years since I've read the Bible. Um, but uh, I, I think in numbers, we can do so much and we can share so much with everyone around us in the collective. So yeah, I, I definitely miss having those crystal ball meditations. They were just, oh. it was really nice to facilitate and just see how everybody felt afterwards. They were just like floating on a cloud and super relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> and now so, I just do it for me and my husband. <laughs> yeah. Um, you might want to do a Zoom thing. I did, one? but the audio is not quite the oh, same. Yeah, I've you're done right. It, but it's, 
it just doesn't seem to translate as well. Mm. Um, I'm hoping that things kind of settle and then I can start having clients come in. We'll wear masks and I'll just keep them in the Zen room. I've got a bathroom towards the front of the house. So they can use that one. Mm-hmm. And um, this room is set up. I mean, it's away from everything. <laughs> it's got doors so I can, yeah. you know, keep it sanitized. I'm really hopeful for a day where we get to do that again because I, I miss having clients here. <laughs> It was, it was nice. Well, well, hopefully soon. Let's let's keep those vibrations high and make yes. that shift in in you know, in consciousness and in the universe and in on our planet that you know everything's mm-hmm. going to be okay. And I think that is the end of the show. Cool. Thank you so much. I know we could talk about a million more things, and hopefully, <laughs> you know, we can speak again. <laughs> I think that would be fantastic. I would love to come on and just. I almost think of it as like a random ramble. We just talked about anything that came to mind and it was so easy to talk to you as always. Aww. I mean, it feels like we just picked up from the last time we saw each other, which was probably yeah. seven years ago oh my gosh, in person, yeah. Yeah. in person, right? So I'm just, I, I'm in awe of everything that you've done. You're, Aww. you're an incredible soul and you're so creative and I'm very excited to see what this whole project does for you, for the world. And, um, I'm happy to contribute however I can. Well, I mean, right back at you. I don't know if I've met a more creative person than you, even like your drawings. Um, sometimes, sometimes I'll, ha- I'll see your, your drawings on uh, Instagram. I'm like, Oh, that's so nice. I mean, uh, it's just incredible. You, you're so talented. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm happy when anything ever comes into my brain that I can put down on paper, be it a journal entry or, uh, a sketch so thank you so much yeah really and they're so they're so your sketches are so unique and they're so thank like you. they have like a glam like an old school kind of glamour to it you know I think oh, of like those so old cool. kind of like you know like 1920s kind of sketch art it's just fantastic. oh I'm gonna have to go research that that's awesome <laughs> Oh, so cool. So cool. Maybe it's a past life thing coming through. You know, through. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. I hope you have thank a you. great day today. And um, I I know that people are going to just, just love this. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. I simply adore you. You guys have a I fantastic rest of your day. Thank you. All right. Have a great one. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Sending my Bye. love. Bye. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye.